Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. is Janice Irvin, and our topic is physical aspects of, lo- of loss. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Janice Irvin's early losses include the murder of her mother. Janice's desire is to bring enhanced understanding of the physical symptoms common to normal grieving and to give holistic suggestions on how to slow or even halt some of the more negative health effects. Welcome to the show, Janice. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. It's great to have you on, Janice. And, you know, uh, I think, well, I don't know, maybe a year and a half or two ago, you sent us uh, your YouTube, I think, and uh, it is an amazing YouTube. I was telling my husband about it this morning. I said, you really ought to take a look at this YouTube site. It's what uh, about nine minutes, and it's on the physical symptoms of loss, and it's amazing. I mean, I want to get to that, but before we get to that, tell us a little bit about the murder of your mother. I was about 14 years old when my mother was shot. Um, she was shot by someone that she knew, and um, it, it truly was a murder. She was coming out of a restaurant, and uh, a group of young men with sawed-off shotguns pulled up around a horseshoe driveway to the front of the restaurant as she was coming out, and it was an actual hit on her life. And it was wow. due to a personal matter, and um, she... They, we wouldn't have even known who it was if it wasn't for the fact that there was someone that was with her that lost his arm that night, and um, they they just blew her away. So, but that was only one. You know, my life has been surrounded with, and I think when I wrote to you, we talked about this a little bit. I told you that uh, it's I've had at, at some point in my life I have lost everyone that was ever dear to me, and I've lost everything that I had ever cared about. And, um, you know, life can be a roller coaster. And all of that, though, I, I, I really I embrace it all, and I, I wouldn't trade any of what I've gained and what I've learned because now I can use that. I, I've tried to honor those experiences and uh, the people that I love by fueling that into my work now and helping others and just letting them know every, every loss is different and they are all extremely difficult, but at least I have something at least with to compare, you know, and um, my heart feels for them and, and I understand at least physically what's taking place, so... We'll talk a little bit about uh, the the physical aspects, aspects of loss. Um, you say there are 25 physical symptoms. And, oh, yeah. you know, I'm a nurse, and I have never seen anybody put them together more beautifully than you have. It is Thank you. very wonderful on this YouTube site. But talk about uh, some of the major symptoms that, that people feel. Okay. Well, the reason that I came across these, the, I'm a hospice volunteer and a vigil service volunteer, so I'm on call when somebody's actively dying. I'm one of those individuals that, you know, my phone rings, my my laptop goes off, and I go to hold their hand in those last minutes. And um, so I end up meeting families that are end up in a very fragile place, and you form a beautiful bond, you know, where you just, your heart fuses with these individuals and later you stay in touch with them. And it was through that work and the rest of my work, the other work that I do, that I've had 
conversations with individuals and they have said to me completely unbeknownst that it was connected. You know, um, oh, I find I'm gaining weight. I find I'm losing weight. I'm having difficulty breathing. This is two, three, four months down the line. I, I just noticed I'm grinding my teeth at night. I just had a dental appointment and he noticed that my teeth are grinding down. Um, there's three, I'll go through every one of them. It's reduced immune system. Definitely. People end up finding out that they become ill more easily. Um, they have reoccurring infections. If they already have uh, some type of an illness, that becomes magnified. Uh, people have breathing problems. There's a chest tightening, a shortness of breath. You'll hear them sighing. Shallow breathing. They're not breathing from their tummy. You know, they're, they're barely breathing. And some of that's adrenaline-produced, right? Hormonal-produced. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll go in. I'll, if you, I have a few moments, I'll go into that and explain it a little bit. There's the food element. Suddenly their stomach is giving them trouble. They find they have difficulties when they eat. Either they lose weight, they gain weight, or they just have an upset stomach. Sleep disturbances. Either they're continuously sleeping or they're not sleeping. Um, muscle disturbances. They notice that there's an, a cramping, an atrophy, um, less muscle tone, stiffness, less mobility. Um, big complaint of headaches and migraines, lots of sensitivity to noise. There's um, visual blurriness, auditory, like hallucinations, um, like forgetfulness, teeth grinding, dry mouth, difficulty swallowing, hollowness. You know, people complain of that, that pit in their stomach that they just can't reach, just can't fill, it just feels hollow. Eye irritations, and I'm talking everything from the dilated pupils to the eye twitching, um, menstrual cycles. They can slow, they become irregular, and they stop. Um, adrenal fatigue, blood circulatory ailments, you know, high blood pressure becomes an issue or a slower blood circulation, cardiovascular changes that take place. Uh, preoccupation, of course, it's more of a, um, an emotional symptom, but a preoccupation with an image of the deceased individual, their loved one. Um, facial expressions and postures of sadness, it actually shows up on the face. Uh, a slowing response time in any situation, almost just moving in a daze, just not, not connecting as well. Um, slower lymphatic circulation, distraction. Uh, shakiness, trembling. And, and, and the shakiness and trembling you were talking about, that is uh, hormonal-based. Yeah. A lot of this is not, these aren't just things that you suddenly do. There are things going on in your system, right? Exactly, absolutely. That's the, this is, when I heard about these, and then the last three I would mention is hair loss, lots of vivid dreaming, and as you said, the muscular weakness. You know, your hair really does change when you're stressed. Even if you don't lose yeah. it, it gets kind of weird and, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, dry. Have you brittle, noticed that, Heidi, that your hair? Oh, yeah, it can feel like straw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. So people were complaining of these symptoms to me, and because it's, as we were, I heard you mentioning, um, we, or we talked a little bit ago, or I heard you talking a little bit ago, about situations where this is really, I want to call it a coffee generation. You know, back a previous century from now, um, individuals had the laying out period in the home several days where people would come to the home and they would have time to talk and, and be quiet. And people would make good talk. food for them. Yes, and people wore black. Over time. Right. People actually wore the color black. You know, there was, there was, and when you saw that person wearing black, it was an unconscious connection that that person was bereaved, you know, that they were going through something. And it's interesting. We don't have that now. We have individuals going right back to work. They're in a business suit within a couple of weeks, and three months later, they've just come out of a meeting. They run to the doctor's office because they're not sleeping. And there are so many doctors. Individuals have told me, oh, I'm having headaches. I'm, he's sending me for an MRI. Or, um, 
I'm, I'm not sleeping. He prescribed Ambien, you know, or, and, and I hear this, and when I've heard it, I thought, you know, I find it interesting that there is the, are, are these symptoms that are all occurring, and that's what led me to do some research. And I was surprised by what I found. Eight million Americans each year are faced with the death of a loved one. And within six months of bereavement, 20% of those folks experience a major depressive episode. That's like almost 2 million people. It's like 1.6 million people. Right. So those were some big numbers. And then when I started looking into the research that has been done that really is, I just don't think is highlighted nearly enough, science agrees that uh, what we think and what we feel definitely has an effect on the physical body. They're finding that more and more and more. Um, well, right. Yeah, sense. for sure. Right. I mean, if you if you think someone has died, um, you won't sleep that night. And if you if someone calls you and tells you you haven't died, that you will. I mean, you exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah, there's been studies that have shown there's a rise in healthcare visits during grief. There's a definitive and and with your 25 symptoms, Heidi, wouldn't you say that the doctors are going to be prescribing stuff? Absolutely, yes, they'll be probably prescribing some medication for you. Definitely, especially if they don't make if they don't have the time to make a connection, and right. you haven't given them that no. information and told them, look, I'm grieving a loss right now, and they don't have that information. Isn't it interesting if the person walked in there, though, dressed in, in, in widow's colors or widower's colors mm-hmm. were still a part of our culture, They would it would be part of what they considered when they were prescribing something. But we don't have those physical awarenesses now, so it isn't always on the forefront of a busy individual's mind when they're trying to get to so many patients, and the person isn't connecting it, so they're not mentioning it. So it's it's definitely a problem. Now, you've got and, some um, advice for people, too, on what they can do about these changes in your system and and that kind of thing. Give us some of those. Well, maybe when we come back from break, we will do some okay. of those. We're going to have to go to go to break in just a minute. But what? Give me two of the uh, physical symptoms before we go to break that you two or three that you think are the most uh, stressful for people after a sudden loss. Ooh, that's really kind of hard. Um, I, guess I think I'm one of the obvious is probably sleep. Don't you think? Disruption in sleep. The immune system, and um, I would probably say like headaches. People, a lot of people complain of the headaches. Mm-hmm. They don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, and over I mean, time, the weight loss and the weight gain, particularly for people, is really problem. a big one. Huge. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And the cardiac situations. There's actually been studies done where um, the increased rate of sudden cardiac death within six months of conjugal bereavement suggests that cardiovascular health is altered during Yeah, there was an article in the New York Times a couple of years ago, and it was, you can die of uh, grief. And it was the cardiovascular kind of thing. Well, what I was going to say is Janice is giving us so much valuable information, and it might be a little overwhelming for people who... Um, can't see anything in front of them and are just hearing all this information. So I just want to really recommend to you to go to Janice's website and look at her YouTube. And I'm also going to download her YouTube onto our foundation site today um, because she gives a lot of visuals. I mean, she's you know she goes and moves around a lot and shows you food you can eat and shows you being getting enough water and sleeping, etc. And it's really easy to take in her information when you're watching her do these things. Right, and she's got it written down, too, so you'll be able to. So hopefully this will give you uh, some impetus to go there and and take a look at more of this. Well, uh, Janice, talk a little bit about some of the things that we can do about You were talking about the fight-or-flight response, which is, you know, always talked about in the medical community where your body, after some kind of a trauma, you get your adrenaline going and you're really hyped up and, you know, you're, you're, 
ready for action, right? And uh, then uh, the repose and repair is where you you kind of get exhausted and back down. And, and I don't think people realize that they they're. I wonder if that statistic you had about depression. I wonder if maybe it's some of the repose and repair too, where people the bodies just said, okay, now we got to take this in. I think you're probably right about that. You know, it's funny. Uh, people stress is tossed around all the time. The word stress, but. It's, an, it's easy to explain what stress is if you think of it as being anything. It doesn't even have to be huge trauma. It can just be anything in, in an individual's life that pulls the body out of equilibrium or attunement and into a negative emotional state. You know, it can just be the fact that you know you're running late and you're sitting in that traffic and you can't do anything about it and your boss is getting angry. And it can be as traumatic as losing someone that you love. Your mind only knows to react the same way no matter what the situation is. And the problem with grief is the fact that once the, you know, if, once you get to work, if it's a situation that's similar to that, you get to work, that stress has passed. You know, you take that breath and you relax a little bit. But when it's grief and bereavement that you're working through, when you're in those phases of your life and you're fragile, that just reiterates again and again, you know, the pain doesn't go away. Right, so, it's like it, you leave the traffic thing. If you're sitting in traffic, uh, you're out of it, but you don't get out of grief. They're still not around. Exactly. Right, exactly, and that's what makes it so difficult. So instead of a situation putting you on that heightened, you know, adrenaline phase for just a few minutes, your body is on a roller coaster that's continuous for one up to five years, you know, it, it, and even longer because grief is unfolding into the rest of your life. You know, there's that, that individual leaving your life in the physical sense, it, it comes up every time there's a holiday or a wedding or a birthday. But I so love that. Don't you love that one to five years, Heidi, that she's actually saying it takes time, it's not six months? Well, absolutely, and, and that's, I'm going to challenge a stat that was said earlier that is, that is out there, and it's the two million people that are depressed. Now, what I'm going to say about that is I think sometimes people are diagnosed as depressed when they are just grieving. And well, that's just it. Those grief, can, grief mimics depression. It looks, it looks very similar. Right, exactly. But that's what's interesting is that the stat says that that's how many have been uh, recognized and diagnosed with a major depressive episode. Right. There's no saying, you mm-hmm. know, how many individuals haven't been to the doctors. There's no saying how many individuals of that number and more are bereaved. Right, exactly. exactly. I just found it interesting, you know. So tell us some of the things that people can do to cope with these uh, symptoms. Okay. It's it's interesting. What it does is it sends the body on this roller coaster, and there's a lot taking place within. And there are some simplistic ways that very holistic, can't-harm-you ways to make up a difference. One, and... uh, it's, it's, it's so simple, and we hear it all the time, but it makes a huge difference, is to drink a lot of water. And I do mention that in the video. Water makes up 83% of the blood in the body, and the blood is the method for the body to remove toxins. You know, it's the way for everything to be transported. So drinking the water is like, you know, adding a lot of flux so that it can... That I, I know, water is the best antidote. I mean, that should be amazing prescribed. Well, right. well I've also heard that um, had, there's a correlation between dehydration and getting headaches. Absolutely. Not having enough water. Mm-hmm. Not having enough water, absolutely. And, you know, 
on the video and in the ebook that I created for all of this information, I mentioned um, eating smaller portions, blowing bubbles. I mentioned meditation, but for a lot of people, meditation just seems like a lot more than they can get their arms around. They're they they're having a hard time even holding their thoughts, you know. So. Um, I mentioned blowing bubbles because it's so strange, but when you are blowing a bubble, it requires such concentration, and it's such an easy thing to do that I've given bottles of bubbles to more people than I could ever tell you. Because when they're sitting there and they're just focused, if you blow too hard, you, you pop the bubble. So you have to breathe continuously from the lower tummy. You know, you really have to take that big in-breath and then blow it out slowly. And it's so similar to the relaxation response method that it works really well, and you can't really think of anything for just a second except blowing the bubble. What an amazing idea. I love it. I do, too. It actually halts, right? It sends a different trigger to the brain and helps to halt that fight or flight that's taking place in the body. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it's such an easy thing to do, you know, to just try to blow bubbles. Even if you're only blowing a few, two or three bubbles and you close the lid back on, to just keep that nearby, it's amazing what a difference that makes. It forces you to take that breath and it forces you to just focus for just that minute. And it changes what occurs within the body. Eating smaller portions is huge for people that have digestion problems. Eating fresh foods, because when your body is moving through this roller cycle uh, taking place, it isn't able, it just doesn't have the capability to digest large portions of food. So it's, it's easier for the body if you eat tinier portions and eat more often. And that's what we hear all the time. Cry. That's something I'm telling people all the time. Cry. It removes toxins. You know, in the tears, there's actually different types of tears. They've done studies on what is what occurs in the tears. It takes pressure off. Uh, spiritually, emotionally, it lubricates your eyes, and there's such a sacredness in crying. Uh, one of our, our guys that we've had on the show, David Daniels, Dr. David Daniels, says, and he doesn't know anybody who's ever died of dehydration <laughs> while they've been crying. crying. And also, you know, also our book speaks to this. Right. We wrote a book called Real Men Do Cry. Yep. Absolutely, right. Mm-hmm. It's And there, there's a physical reason why we cry, so it's about looking into that. I mentioned on the video to increase the calcium and the magnesium. During the stress response, your stores of calcium and, and magnesium in the body are completely released into that bloodstream that we're trying to get people to fill with water. If those storages of your calcium and magnesium are not replenished, the body sends a signal that's depleted as well, and what that does is like a red light that starts that stress button all over again. So it's really important to... And the magnesium is very important with uh, the synaptic between the cells. Absolutely. Yes, it is. Um, That's some of it. Oh, and serotonin. It's the feel-good neurotransmitter, and that's a lot of really big words, but it makes a difference in the onset of sleep, in your mood, in your body temperature, in noise and light sensitivity. It's it's really, really important to increase serotonin. It's a natural stress buster. Okay, now tell us how we can get magnesium and calcium. Do I have to go to my doctor and get it or what? No, 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 not at all. There's so many easy ways. Just eating for the calcium, eating dairy, um, whether it's milk or yogurt or cheese, or taking the calcium uh, supplement. Leafy green vegetables like broccoli and kale, spinach. Um, it's also found in fresh fruits like oranges, beans, peas, nuts, peanuts, uh, tofu, baked beans, almonds, um, fish. 
salmon, sardines, you name it, sesame seeds. There's a, there's a lot of ways to get your calcium. You can just switch it all up so you don't get bored. And the magnesium, um, let's see, that's good for, that, that helps with the people that have muscle weakness and spasms. Mm-hmm. And it's found in pumpkin seeds, spinach, uh, chard, soybeans, all mustard greens and summer squash, broccoli. Broccoli's amazing. Um, sunflower seeds, halibut, again, black beans. The black beans are great for both, navy beans, and tomato paste. And that's one of the items that I show on the video is for people to just make sure whatever they're eating to incorporate the tomato paste. Mm-hmm. So, so that's they're some of the more common ways. And they help with heart palpitations and um, um, irregular contractions that people might be having. So those two, those two items are pretty critical. Mm-hmm. Did you say something about herbal tea? Herbal tea is good for individuals. I mentioned herbal tea for people who are having difficulty relaxing. Yes, um, I loved your your thing on the YouTube about the chamomile. I didn't realize it helped yeah. with sleeping. It does, absolutely. In fact, it's one of the methods that my daughter uses. She has difficulty sleeping, and I grow chamomile at my house, and she comes over and takes a whole bunch of it and makes herbal tea out of it and just, you know, just pulls it up, and it's great. It really helps her rest and sleep. Yeah, chamomile is such an easy one. It cannot hurt you. It's wonderful to ingest that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we've, we've got um, just a, f- a few more minutes. I wanted to ask you, you know, you've been through a lot. You've been through a lot of mm-hmm. trauma in your life. What What's your thought? What do you want to tell people out there about all this? You know, at the end of the ebook that I did, uh, there's actually a picture that I, I placed up there by Jim Warren. Uh, I love his work, and it's called Beautiful Sadness, and it shows a woman, and I guess I related to her because she has blonde hair, and she's sitting out in nature, and it shows, it's funny, she's looking into a pond, and so it shows this reflection, you know, and reflection of, of almost a surreal world. Looking at that picture, it really affected me because... It, it it kind of correlated for me the, uh, the the saddest, saddest times in our life and what we can do with it. So when you look back over the journey, I think it's possible that to find that, and I'm talking from experience, that though those times and that loss was unwanted, it does have the potential, depending upon how you fuel that into your future, to educate our core spirit when it's embraced and... Um, then we have the choice to possibly more teach that sharing to someone else, you know, work with someone else. Um, when you see someone else in pain, you, there'll be a recognition in your eyes, and you can be there for them, help them through that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so first you need to take care of yourself, right, with all these wonderful things that you're recommending. Yeah. And Heidi and I recommend definitely that you see Janice's uh, YouTube, right, Heidi? Mm, absolutely. It's got Thank so you. much information. It's it's just great, and uh, as Heidi said, th- there's so many, we've tried to give you a lot of information today, and Janice has, but you'll be able to even get more. Now, what if people want to get in touch with you, Janice? How do they do that? If they go to my website, they can reach me through that. Uh, I take calls all the time from individuals who are just looking for someone to talk to, and the number is 202-415-0913, and my website has my email address on it. It's openmind at JaniceUrban.com. And Janice is one of our authors, so you can also go onto the Open to Hope website and look at her contact information under her profile page. Yeah, it's it's just been great to have you, and and what wonderful work you're doing, Janice. And we want to thank you for all of this, and uh, you're an inspiration. 
You thank absolutely you. are. Thank you so much, Janice. So we want to thank uh, our guest, Janice Irvin, for being on the show. You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.